Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode 66. Casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. Uh, and I'm Tonner. And we're fresh from a week's hiatus. Yep. Yep. Uh, you're doing? My doing? Yeah. Uh, for um, holiday long weekend? No stamina? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Had to conserve my stamina for the holiday long weekend. <laughs> Brilliant. Yep. Um, your birthday? Just happened? Yep. Um, I see you skipped the country for it. You've aged. Oh, thank you. That's one way to put it. Yep. <laughs> Can you hear me loud and clear enough? Yeah. I'm wearing wearing Beats by Dre, so they're really bassy, so I can't quite tell oh, if it's d- right. The duff duff. Yeah. Should I do a few duff duffs just to make sure that you are okay with them, or? Is this better? Duff duff. Is it better if I'm this close? It sounds better to me. Or is this alright? I don't know, it sounds good to me, but we are in the same room, so maybe sort of uh, hearing... You're not. Um, <laughs> okay, shut me down. Yep, I, uh, <laughs> yes, I had a birthday. Um, I assume, What'd you get? What'd you get for your presents? I assume you've um, waited till we're recording to give me my present. Uh, I cannot wait until the end of this. until we are finished recording to give you a present. <laughs> I can't wait until the end where you inevitably surprise me with a gift uh yeah normally after we've finished recording mm. uh favorite present so far he, he got some vouch yeah i got some vouchers just nothing what are you gonna get with those a ladder oh <laughs> such a homeownerish thing to buy <laughs> <laughs> we have really high ceilings in our new house and if a light bulb blows i'd literally have to borrow a ladder from my dad <laughs> that's crazy i just have yeah i just have no other way cavernous ceilings yeah i like it like it's not it's not even something to stand on like the table it's still too high does your wife give you a boost no oh well you mean like emotionally uh yeah maybe yeah she probably does <laughs> when it's dark in the house because there's no lights on <laughs> yeah. yeah if you had an emotional uh, boost. i was gonna say if you had lamps there'd be no problem with changing not light playing your lamp ceiling. game you're just obsessed with <clears throat> too many lamps that's probably I the most this it's probably the most paranormal thing we've said so far is just how spooky how spooky your attachment is to lamps i can see literally we're in a room that's what is that like three by three square no three by three and i can see i reckon i can see three lamps one per square meter (laughs) (laughs) yes but only one of the lamps is on yeah but only because i've turned the main lights on you would probably prefer this you know turn the lamp on yeah no i'm not doing that um all good podcasts don't, go through, chat, many, don't go through many don't go through many overhead light bulbs because i'm more lampy yeah. yeah which is ridiculous so i hardly i need i, I you know i scarcely need a step stool <laughs> um i just thought i'd kick things off with um new segment okay probably like most segments will come and go pretty quickly i wondered if you could uh i just i noticed a coincidence happened this week and we've got a coincidences section in our final segment from time to time uh, and mm-hmm. get me some strange mm-hmm. there's an entire mm-hmm. chapter in the mm-hmm. book um mm-hmm. Important when recording to not talk over top of each other or... I'm not talking, I'm making like agreeable, um, I guess, musings. Mm. Mm. So I can go now? 
Well, you can go from you can go <laughs> whenever you want. I'm just going to agree with you if you yeah. want me to. I um, disagree with like. Mm, oh, <laughs> um. So, I wasn't sure if a coincidence is paranormal, or if it's like on The Dark Knight Rises when Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like. Um, we saw this thing i think it's a coincidence and he's like you're a detective now you're not allowed to believe in coincidences jgl i watched the uh, roast of uh, bruce willis really hosted by jgl i can't stand bruce willis but go on you like jgl though yeah what's been what's he been in recently anyway dark knight rises (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so i wondered if uh if a coincidence qualifies as paranormal Okay. And it's, it might be determined by the level of coincidence, do you reckon? Quite possibly. Yeah, if it's like... like how um, coincidental is it before it becomes paranormal? I don't know. Like, uh, you know how yeah. people see, like, a sign? It's like, oh, we're looking for a blue car, and then, boom, they get mowed down by a blue car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the one that happened to me was... um uh as you know it was my birthday yesterday yep happy birthday i uh, hope you get a good present from me yeah me too um after the show of course uh during the end of the recording um the end of i the was talking to my friend jim the most haunted guy i know uh asked when his birthday was it was the 19th of this month okay um which isn't the coincidence that we share a birthday month <laughs> it is a coincidence but not to that level um and then while i was working and having this conversation because i was doing this over chat at work like a chat window um is that working yeah arguably (laughs) (laughs) but while i was doing that working really hard with this chat window open yeah um i was also listening to a podcast (laughs) (laughs) while working really hard and chatting Mm. and listening to a podcast the podcast is about a year old roughly give or take sort of two or three days strangely enough okay and there was a caller that rung up as i was having this conversation with jim and it wasn't a wasn't a birthday segment or anything like that but the caller on this podcast from a year ago said um that their birthday was the same as jim's is that coincidence is that paranormal i'd say it's neither it's probably the most paranormal thing on this episode so far. <laughs> so 365 days after this podcast was recorded, I was having a conversation and that specific date came up at the exact same time as it appeared in my chat. Okay. Paranormal. Um, can I do a clap meter? Um, I was so, going to say out of 10, but you could be okay. out of 10 claps. Okay. It's sort of like, you know, if how it's, paranormal if it's this. It is. It's oh, you got going by volume. Normal. Yeah. Well, that doesn't work because I level this afterwards. <laughs> it's really paranormal. It doesn't work because they all get boosted, and you got to you got to do it for like, let's say ten claps is ten out of ten. Okay. How many claps do you give it? Solid three, I reckon. Why are you still clapping then? <laughs> Not clapping. It's no, clearly it's your noise. Seven. Wow, eight. I wouldn't have given it... Oh, nine. Okay, we'll give it a nine out of yeah. ten. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but my clap is more dainty than your clap, so they'll be able to have a towel. I'm sort of more... Uh... Can I get that in writing? Your clap is more dainty yeah. than my clap. I've got clap. the dainty clap. You've got sort you've of... Got a... Can I get it in writing that you've got the dainty clap? I've got the dainty clap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Say that again so I can use it as a ringtone. I've got the dainty clap. I ton. Well, you have the forceful clap. That's more intimidating. (laughs) I suppose you're right. Um, Next uh, admin item. I I assume you haven't brought anything to to the party. I got something. You got something? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, You you go then. Okay. Uh, Or shall I go? Is yours ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Go, hit me. Coincidence. Mm-hmm. nearly one year ago today this is a nearly so this is, I, want, I want you to give this a clap yep your big fulsome clap or my dainty clap mm-hmm. nearly one year ago today we uh recorded an episode mm-hmm. and um the subject of that episode was a ufo <laughs> which isn't a coincidence because most of them are <laughs> particularly if <laughs> it's i was like a 50 50 um that uh ufo story was about uh do you remember this a uh heard about this remember this you know about this one you're gonna say westall uh chicago o'hare airport oh yeah been there yep been there and seen a ufo there maybe well been there been there (laughs) at at the very least yeah so um that story was about a ufo that was seen hovering over one of the gates at chicago yep that's right chicago o'hare airport and um then all of a sudden it uh, was seen by pilots ramp staff passengers air traffic control and then all of a sudden it just uh shot up up, through the clouds left a big circular hole in the clouds and disappeared it was a low overcasty depressing day like get some sunshine maybe it was just there like to inject some you know vibrancy in people's lives they want to get some sun mm-hmm. that's where you can tan when you tan through the hole in the ufo hunch cloud yeah i agree done, done new sci-fi movie inspired by famous ufo incident sci-fi as in made for the tv network sci-fi um, or the science fiction science genre? fiction genre really Who goes to sci-fi the tv network as their first well, you said it's a sci-fi movie. Sci-fi yeah, is, a, so, is a network. Yeah, but who jumps to that as their first conclusion? Well, the thing is that paranormal stories like this tend to be pretty low level. So <laughs> I thought it might be a TV movie rather than something that's going to end up in the theatres. Yeah. <laughs> that's, where I, that's why I went there. Uh, so the forthcoming movie called UFO, unimaginative title, I'll give them that. Mm. They could have thought better, harder, faster. What does that stronger. stand for? Uh, unidentified flailing orangutan cool um oh no i don't know if i flying object sorry got that wrong uh the forthcoming movie reintroduces x files star gillian anderson to the Ugh. subject her iconic character dana scully rolled her eyes at for the better part of a decade laugh at that enjoy it no okay so they've got her from the X Files in a in a different movie. So, paranormal, but, but she's not, not playing Dana uh, Scully. Nah, alarm bells. This is going to be terrible. In the movie, Derek, terrible name, Zoolander. <laughs> Sorry if there's any Derek's listening, though. Actually, I, I always feel bad if I was to criticize <laughs> you feel bad name. for all Derek's. No, just when I have someone has a bad like they say that name's bad, I'm like, I'm sorry, Derek. <laughs> just go i'm sorry if there's any derek's listening i'm just saying i'm, I'm I, I don't mean that your name is bad i'm just not a big fan of the name derek whoa i'm sorry on behalf of tony your first born or first born will not be called derek were you willing no. to commit to that no boy girl <laughs> derek. yeah in the movie derek 
a brilliant college student haunted by a childhood UFO sighting. Played by Gillian Anderson. Believes that the UFOs believes that the mysterious objects reported at airports across the United States could offer proof of extraterrestrial intelligence. With the help of his girlfriend, Gillian Anderson. No, that's not right either. Natalie. That's not a bad name. Portman. Uh, no. Imbruglia. And his advanced mathematics professor, Stephen Dr. Hawking. Dr. Hendricks. Gillian Anderson. Mm. Derek races to unravel the mystery with FBI Special Agent Franklin Ahis. Why is it a race? Hot on his heels. I don't hold out much hope for this, to be honest with you. Um, so, you can watch the trailer if you want to. No thanks. Um, so it I've shows made up my mind. They swapped um, Chicago with Cincinnati. And it's, Why? Uh, I don't know. It's just sort of differentiate it from the... Tax uh, break. From the, from, from Reeks the, of um, tax break. From the real one. Reeks of tax break. Reeks of a tax break. Cincinnati Airport? Really? Yeah. It would be cheaper to shoot at than Chicago. Oh, it would be because Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> tax break. So, yeah. Um, I, I assume we're at least getting executive producer credits on this. I would assume. Yeah. This is a based on episode based on, 34 or whatever it was. Yeah, of Litz. Since Discolored Ring. <laughs> yeah, that's what they should have called the movie. <laughs> I'd watch. Imagine if they called the movie Singed Discolored Ring and we found out this guy had listened. And, uh, That'd be pretty it. cool. I'd let him do that. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Uh, with an EP credit though. No. Just producer? No, nothing. Right. Don't say EP credit like you're cool and in the biz. I am in the biz. I've <laughs> not. I've inspired this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, that's what I'm bringing. So, something so that- I've never been to Cincinnati Airport, so I don't see the connection. Why would you bring that to this podcast? Um, we're going to be famous and rich. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> With my EP credit. Yeah. It means executive producer. Does it? <laughs> yes. Ah. I thought it meant excellent pedophile. <coughs> get out <laughs> moving swiftly along to my tidbit so this isn't my main story i bought a b story just oh, a okay. tidbit to yep. um discuss um have you heard... would be the description would be this week luke does blah 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 meanwhile luke shares la 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 here we go time for my la 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 here we go um so we've touched before on to the stars Whoa, academy about some science. <laughs> can't just, be friends just, anymore yeah <laughs> call back um, it was it was it was a steamy locker room and we didn't know what was going on not playing to the stars academy of arts and science you're familiar um we've touched on it before hey, <laughs> we've talked about it before um and uh have you heard of their latest research project project adam um, I believe it's a dame, but carry on. Uh, Project Adam has mm. just been announced. Um, they basically got a bunch of funding together to look at some uh, samples that may or may not have come from this world. Free samples or so regular just, samples? Just to read you. Otherworldly the, samples? Other Potentially. Otherworldly free samples? Potentially. Cool. Um, So to read you the little excerpt here off the website. From time to time, various sources have collected material samples reported to have come from advanced aerospace vehicles of unknown origin. Those sources include private citizens, foreign aerospace investigatory committees, aerospace operators, and government organizations, 
As these materials have come to light, they can be made available for inspection. Given the potential significance of such findings to the STARS, Academy has made it a Tier 1 priority to use its resources to subject these materials to detailed and rigorous scientific evaluation whenever feasible. As soon as To The Stars Academy is notified that the materials are available, a thorough effort will be made to document their origin and credibility, followed by the establishment of chain of custody procedures and ownership protocols. In addition to reviewing the materials for their potential significance as evidence of exotic origin, the analysis will evaluate materials for such characteristics as exceptional strength, lightweight build, and any unusual advanced properties that potentially could contribute to the development of ex- exciting new technologies in the future. Holy hell, okay. As a first step, To The Stars Academy has established a contract with EarthTech International, a well-respected research think tank. I was about tank. to say that. I have, I have lots of respect for that think tank. <laughs> in Austin, Texas, to evaluate the properties of the available materials under the leadership of Dr. Harold E. e. Puthoff, Puthoff. Yes, a former senior advisor and subcontractor to the Pentagon's AATIP program, which stands for Advanced Terrestrial Propulsion Program. Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program <laughs> and current VP of Technology for To The Stars Academy. Oh, he's a VP. We're EPs, so we we should know each other. Yeah, so that's pretty cool, right? The, that's really cool. The, um, doing some research into some of those um, materials that they believe might... Um, well, no, that's kind of the point, is that they're not saying they're from another world. They're doing actual scientific analysis to determine their the properties that they have mm. rather than saying we think it's from outer space they're going to actually just do scientific testing and use the scientific method as we know it here on earth to determine what those properties might be which i think is um, a nice fresh take on it where they're not making any assumptions they're just employing our scientific method hoping for a few breakthroughs out of this um like we got led lights we got fiber optics we got um microwave dinners because that's what they were having on the spaceships yeah because they were like oh i need to have dinner mm-hmm. Let's microwave it yeah yep microwave dinners but we don't have a microwave oh invent one invent okay. one there done. we go done yeah. ufos that's like how a tin can uh was invented long before a tin can opener did you know that uh electric tin can opener or regular <laughs> regular can? both actually i actually don't have an electric tin can opener neither do i not a lot of people do Oh, I think they were big 90s things. Yeah, it's a lot of bench space. I was like, you would, exactly, you'd have it sitting on the bench. I'm like, I can just go. Yeah, so way to unparanormal this paranormal <laughs> section. <laughs> Again, <laughs> that's what we do here. Um, any other pieces of admin? Uh, juicy, juicy admin. Um, I think I'm I'm all spent on admin the admin down. front. Yeah. All right. Shall I jump into my story? Leap. Um, so first. Um, for yeah. those of you new to the show, the each week we take it in turns to educate the other on a paranormal story or goings on. Um, and this week is my week. Um, we've touched on this. Again. <sighs> I keep saying that. I, I'm so sorry, listeners. Like I say it a lot. Like if you go back, I do say it. You just don't normally pull me up on it. <laughs> so pull you speak. pull you off on it? No. What? We've d- discussed slightly. <laughs> the- <laughs> I don't know what other word to use. We've covered, briefly looked at this, reviewed, um, as part of our other stories. 
Um, oh, so we'll repeat. We're repeating something. Possibly, although I hope <laughs> not. But I'm starting to have... Uh, we'll get into repeat territory yeah, when we hit 66. I think I'll accidentally repeat one one day. Should we just do a repeat one day? Should we air a repeat? <laughs> Whenever so, we'll repeat. A best of. We should actually do a best of. No, we shouldn't. That's a cop out. No, because that means that I have to edit it. <laughs> which means I have to actually edit yeah, but I don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's do a let's do a next next episode. Let's do a best of on this cop out for okay, some reason. You, can, you you edit it and then we'll do a best of. I wouldn't. The I day wouldn't, you I wouldn't edit, dare edit an episode. I think that's up to your high standards. I don't edit them. I just master them and put them up. There's a, only when I say your name or not even burping on air. Apparently, no, they, they made it, it through. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even get a bleep out. <laughs> Anyway, next week we're doing a best of, so stay tuned. Yeah, if Tony gets his act together and learns <laughs> editing, we'll do a best of. It can't um, be that hard, surely. We're still talking about the episode? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I can't see below your waist, so I'm not sure. This is a local story of the paranormal. Okay. Uh, New Zealand Bigfoot. Oh, with the one in the Coromandel? Potentially, yeah. <laughs> Definitely then. <laughs> I mean, the thing is that the New Zealand Bigfoot, there's stories from the Coromandel, Mohau Man, mm-hmm. but there's similar stories right throughout the country, top to toe. How would you know? Oh, you've researched it. Of well, researched slash Googled. Same thing. Okay. Googled um, up an article to I, read at about 10 <laughs> nice, to 5 today. Nice. <laughs> Shall I launch into it? Please. I'm I'm, in, I'm intrigued about it. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of backyard mysteries. Big on the backyard mysteries. Do we need to say where we're from? Yeah. I just said it's a local thing. Aotearoa. Land of the long white cloud. If you can't look on a map and see the land of the long white cloud, what business do you have in podcast listening? New Zealand. According to Mar- <laughs> It doesn't actually help. <laughs> what do you mean? No one knows who that is. Well, we've said it now. Okay, well, at least you, can, a New Zealand at least you can Google Land of the Long White Cloud and find us. According to Maori legend... Is that, explain, right, is that right pronunciation? According to Maori legend... Maori. Um, tangata whenua. <laughs> Google tangata whenua. No, don't. It's uh, the, the indigenous l- people of our land. So if you Google Land of the Long White Cloud, <laughs> you know what comes up? New Zealand. So, Brilliant. fuck you. <laughs> I just said New Zealand, which means no one had to Google anything. (laughs) According to Maori legend, we have our own Bigfoot. Maori spoke of mighty ape men who resided in the forested areas. These areas they dared not venture into, as these hairy beasts were known to tear men apart. If you Google Tangata Whenua, used to describe the Maori people. So there you go. Anyway, sorry for interrupting. Again, I, <laughs> I said that already. A million times. Just meant no one had to Google it. Yeah, but we, we don't want people just, you know, having these stories for They free. had huge lacerating fingernails and fed on human flesh. Eek. They were known as Mohau. The Mohau were described by the Maori as being terrible creatures. Half man, half animal. Half manimal. Manimal. Do you <laughs> think Whitakers, which is a big New Zealand chocolate brand, should jump on the... We've got the Yowie in Australia. Should jump on the Mohau with treats inside. Did we talk about this? Are we repeating already? Um, we've talked about the Yowie. 
Yeah. But did it, did a mohow come up in that one? I don't think it's, so. It's come up before. That's why I googled it. I don't think so. I, it came up in a certain story around certain mysteries. But I reckon Whitakers, uh, jump on the mohow. Shout out to Whitakers. You can steal that idea as long as you get an EP credit. What is it? Extreme pedophile. Extreme pedophile. <laughs> oh wait, no. <laughs> Uh, with a very aggressive temperament, they were only too happy to massacre and eat anyone that strayed into their domain. Early encounters often talk of these creatures exhibiting aggression and throwing rocks to frighten people off. It was these creatures that were thought people to be... people or people? People. People, sorry. Prehistoric people. <laughs> ah, very good, sorry. <laughs> Have you never heard of that? <laughs> people. It was these creatures that were thought to be responsible for the find of a headless, partially devoured body of a, a prospector in the Martha Mine region, region, region. which is a mine region, <laughs> a region. <laughs> in 1882. Later, further up the foothills, the corpse of a woman was found. It was discovered that she had been dragged from the shack in which she lived while the remainder of her family were away. Her head and neck had been snapped. Eek. Okay. It's a rough go for these people. Yeah, it is. They were also greatly feared by the population of the lower Wanganui River, as they were said to viciously attack any fishermen who strayed into their territory. This vicious behavior, however, seems to have abated in more modern encounters, as the beasts, in most instances, flee on sight of humans. Do you think, like, fish and game got involved and gave them some sort of, like, on-job training around how to approach people who are involved in, I guess, I guess fishery? interrogate them appropriately take they, their names and numbers look at their license rather than just sort of rip their heads off sort of thing they were believed to be able to crush any strong maori warrior with <gasps> ease employing their large powerful hands they're said to be tool producing beasts using wood and stone the articles crafted are said to resemble those produced by homo erectus hominids nice do you reckon they're, they're doing a ladder or would they be like what you ladders to Beyond, uh, beyond. probably not they probably didn't have light bulbs oh that's right, that's right. sorry <laughs> just i'm um, just obviously just not not on the same page at the moment there mohaw are depicted as tall start again <laughs> as tall wow start this episode again okay start this whole episode again okay if they're tall they don't need a ladder to change a light bulb oh but they don't have light bulbs man sorry <laughs> <laughs> mohaw are depicted as being as tall as a man Oh, that's not very tall. They'd need a ladder to change the light bulbs. They would need a ladder to change the light bulbs. If they had light bulbs. Completely hair-covered with marginally ape-like facial facial features. What's happening with your your increase? Maybe I'm having a stroke. (laughs) Facial, which is like a combination between someone who's called Rachel. (laughs) Rachel's facial features. Rachel features. Rachel. Facial features. (laughs) Rachel. Um, there's people that have that um, haircut, the Rachel. The Rachel. Yeah, and it goes over their face. It's yeah. the Rachel. Yeah, the 1997's haircut, the Rachel. Yeah. The primary difference from human appearance being the extremely long fingers, known as lingers, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Tipped and the with... Rachel haircut. <laughs> Tipped with sharp talons capable of tearing apart the toughest prey. Often described as manimals, and I'm not making that hey, up. For once. <laughs> yeah, nice. A combined word that you didn't make up. It's possible that if these man beasts 
or mists, mists existed prehistorically, they would have been more than capable of bringing down the largest of moa. Tony, tell us what a moa is. A moa is a motor mower that cuts the grass of your local lawn. Tell us what a moa is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it also may mean a ostrich or emu-like creature. Bird, tall... Presumably extinct, but occasionally sighted in the wilds of the bush. <laughs> so a moa is like a massive uh, prehistoric bird that uh, I think it's bigger than an ostrich. In yeah, Indiana, isn't it much um, bigger? Yeah, it would tell an ostrich to fuck right off. Yeah, and um, used to it sort of was here before European settlement and basically got wiped out because they were such good eating birds because there was so much of them. It's like if KFC existed at the time of the mower it would be it'll be a two-piece bucket yeah it'd be kfm you'd have the mower yeah um so um over over hunting by maori is the reason yeah they died that's what i just said that's a shame and i didn't even google it they would have been more than capable of bringing down the largest of moa the large talons spoken of seem to designate this creature's predatory nature however large talons are also found elsewhere in the animal kingdom and animals that rip open rotten logs to acquire to acquire nourishment considering the indigenous maori used to eat large nutritious hoo-hoo grubs it's not impossible that this beast may also be insectivorous similar stories from other tribes include mato giants described as being ape-like but three meters tall the Rapuai, who are gigantic, slow, clumsy creatures that are of a strong, muscular stature. Which sounds it does ripe for um, making a range of small toys to put inside chocolate eggs. It does. Eggs. I, I would be quite uh, quite intrigued to sample one of those. And what's going to be in there? What's going to be in the what? inside? Little plastic ones of these, like yaoi's. Yeah. but got a yaoi. Yeah, I think there's probably need to be more of that sort of stuff in there, though. I bought a Yowie the other day. Everywhere I go that you can buy the chocolate Yowie that has the toy inside, um, if we're buying anything, and I see the Yowies, they're often by the checkouts, I just say to my wife, Yowie tax, and chuck a Yowie in. Nice. So I'll get tax. a Yowie as well. Um, two things. Uh, three things, actually. Uh, one, the toys inside sometimes are Yowies and sometimes are just animals. Two... Sometimes the Yowies have their names written on their bellies. Sometimes they don't. Three, a lot of the time, most of the time, the chocolate tastes a lot like plastic. It's Ew. really bad. <laughs> and fourth... How often do you, like, you... You're having Heimlich to sort of throw up the... No. The plastic toy inside you? You <laughs> no. sort of gobble it up and realise... The other day, towards I, the end, there's actually uh, some plastic contents inside here. I got a. And when you say they taste like plastic, is it because you're eating the plastic? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, it's the chocolate. It's just rank. Uh, but I still buy it. I don't know why. Everywhere I see one, it's because of the episode. Yeah. Um, um, I got a wombat in my yaoi the other day, oh. and then it was sitting on the couch, and I went, and I just sat it next to the remote. And that night went to go and turn off the remote and as I reached for it, I thought it was a mouse and got a fright. <laughs> it must have been tiny. Yeah, it was a tiny like little grey wombat that looked Did like a mouse. Did you shriek? No, I don't shriek. Did you make any noise? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm quite sexy when I'm frightened. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> now keep in mind that this is 
I'm quite oh. sexy when I'm fried. <laughs> yeah. My pants drop. That is, that is the quote of the day. Yeah. <laughs> now keep in mind that this is all in Maori legend. This is not a European invention. Why have no bodies of these beasts ever been found? Is it possible these manimals may have a conception of death and bury their deceased? If this is the case, the New Zealand bush does not give up its dead readily. The chances of finding a buried carcass, unless you know precisely where to look, are reasonably slim, especially in some of the more inaccessible areas. Is it possible that some of these man beasts may still exist in the more is remote? It, is that measts? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I read that wrong. Yeah. Is it possible that some of these measts may still exist <laughs> in some of the more remote, isolated, or isolated areas of bush? <laughs> Throughout both islands? Yes, yes, I, I, yes. With habitat destruction and human encroachment, known as encroachment, <gasps> this, this species, if it survives, must <laughs> must certainly be on the brink <laughs> of extinction or maybe even already extinct. Do you think that the announcement today of the banning of plastic bags in New Zealand is going to help these mammals? Yes. Yay. That's a current event. It's a current event. Today, our New Zealand government uh, announced that uh, single-use plastic bags from supermarkets gone. will be gone within 12 months, so banned in this Looking country. behind you, what do you see? A bunch of single-use plastic bags. Yeah. Pick the cat poo up with that. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Do they mean, like, only the ones at checkouts? Like, can you still buy bin liners? Uh, I think you can buy bin liners. What's yeah. the difference? I just buy a roll of bin liners know, to put my groceries I'm car- in. I'm still <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, smell like lavender can. too. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm thinking like currently my the my bin liners are plastic or blinders. My blinders, 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 not blinders. <laughs> my blinders are um, plastic bags, so I'm just going to have to go and buy. Um, bin liners instead of just using the reusing i'm recycling the plastic bags as bin liners or blinders as they like to be called just no you're not recycling you're reusing yeah recycling it was the middle one on my poster at primary school reduce reuse recycle if i can't put the cap of filled bin liners in the rubbish bin i mean recycling bin it appears the last bastion (laughs) of the moha is set said to be in the coromandel ranges where accounts seem to indicate they resided in their greatest population density. Footprints are in most instances the main evidence of these creatures. You ready for some facts? Oh, please, blind me with facts. In 1903, footprints larger than a man's were found in the Karangahake Gorge in the Coromandel. In 1971, a trail of footprints similar to a man's Thought similar to a man's though extended in appearance was located on snow-covered ground and led into a zone of bush on a hillside by a park ranger in 1983 a year after mysteries of the unexplained was printed by reader's digest yes a deer hunter chanced upon man-like footprints that could have been no more than an hour old along a riverbank in the heapy river in 1991, campers of the Cameron Mountains of the South Island elected to abandon their camp after finding an unusually large man-beast prints near where they beast? were camping. Back to 1970. Oh, for some reason we're going back in time. Back. Another party of campers had to abandon their camp as a two-meter-tall man-beast, or meast, beast? assailed them screaming loudly and hurling rocks in the camp. Forward again to 1972, 
a hunter in the Coromandel Ranges watch a naked hairy man beast or nary meast (laughs) home of the nary meast it's hard when you get three words isn't it hairy man beast no this is naked hairy man beast naked oh four words nary naked hairy meast man beast so four words yeah shortened to two we're all about efficiency (laughs) yeah because we're saving so much time talking about it in 1972 a hunter in the coromandel ranges watched a nary meast (laughs) about two meters tall Work its way through the scrub on either side of a gully. Upon reaching the place the creature had been transversing, footprints were found. An undated sighting. <gasps> are we going forward or are we going backwards? We don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go forwards. What was I up to? <laughs> An undated. undated sighting surfaced from the Sunday News. So that's got to date it, surely. <laughs> Sunday News. Because the Sunday Star Times and the Sunday News, that's what we've got. We've got two papers. An undated sighting surfaced from the Sunday news stating that an occupier of Lake Mahinapur pub. <gasps> what? This thing lives in a pub. No, an occupier. Like, I stopped there because, fun fact, I lived I was 15 thinking, minutes I was thinking walk. about that where you're from in Hokitika is not far from Lake Mahinapur. Not where I'm from, but I lived there for four years, was 15 minutes walk from the shores of that said lake. I have camped at Lake Mahinapur. I didn't live there like you did. The undated sighting surface from the born there, I guess. Sunday, or, were you born or conceived there? Sunday news stating that an occupier conceived. Of, okay, sorry. An undated sighting surface from the Sunday news or Sues. Sues stating that an occupier of the Lake Mahinapur. Stop talking over me. It's really bad to listen to. Sorry. Stating that an occupier of the Lake Mahinapur pub had been having his vegetable garden raided regularly. The offender was exposed when a man beast was witnessed dashing to the protection of the bush with an armload of silver beet. Okay. Get that down, y'all. And then it says in brackets, garden vegetable. <laughs> in case people don't know what silver What's beet What's um, some silver beet high in? What? What's it high in? Iron, I think. Iron? I think it's pretty good in iron. Hmm. You should know, vegetarian, you bastard. Uh, 1.8 kilos of what? Swiss, Swiss chard? <laughs> chard or Swiss chard? Huh? Here's where things get a little more strange, but in a normal sort of a way. Okay. A realistic sort of... Like, we're back to reality, but it's kind of ludicrous. Listen to this. Okay. Regrettably, some of the Coromandel sightings may have been of an escaped gorilla. Why? And a, a vessel anchored near Waiaro in 1924 had a pet gorilla as a mascot. Oh, man. The animal managed to slip away from the ship and was never captured. However, sightings of the beast provoked a few startled reports from the region. So all of the above is a detailed description of the legend and does seem unlikely that anything could survive unnoticed in New Zealand until you examine how rugged the Coromandel really is. However, remember, a lot of this is from Maori lore, L-O-R-E, so predates European settlement anyway. Um, Another uh, potential debunker here. In 1970, City Councillor Jay Reddy told Robson Gossett that the hairy mohow was an exaggeration started from a joke. Also in 1970, Bob Gray told researcher Robin Gossett that the term mohow monster came from a name given to a Yankee steam hauler that was u- utilised for logging. In New Zealand Mysteries by Nicola McCloy, the author discredits both of these theories. Oh. 
citing several Mohau sightings during the early 19th century. And try and keep up with me here because there's lots of, like, stats and species names. Okay. The Mohau Range is the central feature of the Colville Ecological District, which takes in 77,000 hectares, 59% of which is indigenous vegetation, and 88% of which... No, sorry, 8%. 8%. Of which is sweet virgin forest. Ooh. Does it really say sweet? <laughs> I added that. <laughs> the one word I added to this. Mount Moha is sacred to certain tribes of Maori. Many important chiefs, including Tamatekapua of Tiarawa, are buried on this summit. The full name of the mountain is Long. The Moha Range is considered <laughs> one of New Zealand's six biodiversity hotspots. The Mohau Peak contains a selection of indigenous vegetation that is unique for a North Island forest. This becomes more important at the end. Trust me. Stick with me. Just just quickly, Mohau Range. Just had a quick Google. Hmm. Um, one star on... Uh, TripAdvisor. On Google uh, review, Reviews. Yeah? Uh, Yo Mama. Oh. <laughs> not sure if it was Lane, but Yo Mama <laughs> it gives it one star out of five three months ago. Oh, wow. I feel... <laughs> So I have to know, no, no back, back up a justification. But. The Mohau Peak contains a selection of indigenous vegetation that is unique for a North Island forest and is home to silver and pink pine, kai, kai kawakawa, sweet hotu and southern rata and is, and is the northern limit for many southern montane species such as uh, mountain cedar. The range is also no, noteworthy for the rare native frog such and such, who, <laughs> whose young Great. hatch from eggs bypassing the tad- tadpole stage. Mohau is also the home to the Mohau stag beetle, the Mohau wetter, and approximately 500 kiwi. The reason I bring this up is because, therefore, this range is home to species seen nowhere else. If that's the case, it's a likely place to assume such a creature could hide. The end. For more information, you're going to love this. Yep. Go to tangatafenua16.wixsite.com. <laughs> oh, I just see here on uh, the Mohau Man. Uh, when I when I looked at this, I can uh, see that the Mohau Man has popped up as a unhaunted Auckland. Is this where you got this from? Mohau Man, New Zealand's Bigfoot? No, I just told you where I got this from. Oh, I was supposed to say Tangatafenua. <laughs> 16. Oh, look at this. Look at this guy with his big uh, mohau feet. Oh, yeah. His great haircut. Yeah, saw that. He's got a great haircut there. Um, weirdly, I went to research it um, on that website, which I originally had bookmarked to use that story. Yep. However, um, blocked from my works network because maybe unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I better close this tab. No, more goes to show how paranoid my work is about <laughs> internet security. <laughs> Um, so you work in ag. Do you think you're work concerned about the Mohau man? Maybe taking cattle or something? Yeah, possibly. So they blocked anything. Yeah. Like, don't spread this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe the Mohau man is um, spreading Mycoplasma bovis. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those ads during the rugby. No, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's my story. It's good. I um I, I, I love it. I love these backyard tales. Um, I like to think maybe that when I'm out camping in the wilderness, that maybe I'll stumble across a Mohau man. You won't. You could be the Mohau man in my dreams. <laughs> could well be. Yeah. Um, a nary 
what was it? Canary. Naked, hair, naked hairy uh, man beast. A yeah. nary meast. A nary meast. Maybe you'll see a nary meast. A nary meast. How would you spell that? It's hairy with an N. <laughs> I've got that. beast with an M. <laughs> uh, nary meast. There we go. Or if you, um, for those of you playing at home, just check out your episode title because it's probably in there. <laughs> Yeah, might as well. That's what we're going to call it. Nary <laughs> Meast. Yeah. Episode 66, Nary Meast. Perfect. Done. Done. <laughs> um, okay. We often spend more time deciding the episode title than actually recording the episode, so that's quite nice to have that. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to the final segment? Yeah, I think so. I believe it's your turn. Um, we are going to see if there's any... Uh, Nary, how big Nary Meast in Anything's here? in there. Okay. Let's look at the old... In the uh, index. Uh, M... Because there were sightings from the 70s. Uh, how, how are we spelling it these days? M-O-H-A-U. M-O... I've got Momo. We've done that, haven't we? Yeah. No. No, no Mohau, man. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. <sighs> I wonder if they just class it as a Sasquatch or something. Yeah, I reckon. All right, we're moving on to the final segment of the show where we... Uh, read an excerpt from the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained. Tony will flick to a random page. I'll tell him when to stop, and we jump on to whatever story lies before us. Nice. Um, is the music on, or did I, did I miss it? No, it's not on yet. Do you want to turn it on? Uh, no, I'm going to give it this. Give this chance no music this week. No, you turn it on. It's on. Oh, gorgeous. Okay. <laughs> um, have you explained it? You done, done yeah, the thing? Yeah, I've done that. Done you were too busy trying to find a good page, I reckon. Okay, here we go. The, okay. the Mohau. I was doing the, the Mohau. You flick, and I'll here tell you when go. to stop. It's a good flick. Stop. Appearances and disappearances. Hmm? Open on the title page. Excellent. Um, okay. <laughs> this one we've done we've done the first one we've actually done the first one yeah we started marking them with post-its so yep. you're welcome listeners we found those post-its the other day now I can't find them again oh no no I can see them they're in the cupboard uh, are they? Yeah, the cupboard's open oh, yeah. the cupboard's open yeah Very good. for those of you playing at home the cupboard's open <clears throat> you're welcome um, we've done this one too actually so I need to mark this mm-hmm. uh, oh there's <laughs> a bookmark I've got a bookmark in here <laughs> um, right here we go Dorothy Arnold Yes. Dorothy Arnold set out from her family's Manhattan home on the morning of December 12, 1910, to shop for, what do you think? Uh, shoes. A dress. I was close. Damn. Yeah. because was about six inches south. So close to the dress. <laughs> to wear to her younger sister's coming out party. Oh, she's young oh, sister. Wow. She's gay. That's so, so 1910 forward. homos. Yeah, so, so before their time. She was a Bryn Mawr graduate. Mm. All that means. Uh, probably haven't said that completely wrong too. <laughs> Daughter of a prosperous importer, importer exporter, or um, uh, just importing just but looking importing. to expand into exports. exports. Yeah, and a socially prominent mother. A socially quaint- promiscuous, promiscuous mother. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. acquaintances who saw her walking down Fifth Avenue. Then towards a bookstore on 25th, 25th, 27th Street, uh, said later that she seemed cheerful. Mm-hmm. Mm. The sales girl who sold her a box of chocolates noticed something. No, 
nothing amiss. <laughs> Not something amiss. <laughs> yeah, nothing amiss. Important. Nor important to make that distinction. Because <laughs> yeah, it will completely change what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Nor did the friend who encountered her outside the bookstore. Yet Dorothy Arnold was never seen again, despite an international search for the vanishing heiress. At first, the Arnold family kept her disappearance a secret, conducting private inquiries through a friend of the family and the Pinkerton Defective Defective Service, Detective Service. But after six weeks, they turned to the policia, and Mr. Arnold summoned reporters to his office to announce his conviction. Oh. Wait. That she had been attacked in Central Park. On her way home, and her body cast into the reservoir. Gave me a fright. I got sexy. Yeah. (laughs) Stop trying to get... Yeah. Get stop trying to get sexy. Uh, Just, can I... It's probably about two minutes from um, you surprising me with a present. Okay. Uh, Yep, when we finish recording. Yep. Uh, Just at the end of the episode. Is that where you're trying to get sexy? (laughs) (laughs) That would be your present. Sexy lingerie. (laughs) Um, horrible as they horrible as, the, as, the, as that thought was the rigid and respectable Mr Arnold apparently preferred it to another possibility that his daughter had run away with George Grimskin Jr oh trouble is it vouchers did you get me vouchers uh sticker <laughs> <laughs> no um with whom she had spent a clandestine week several months before clandestine week what is that i would be exhausted after uh, uh, clandestine afternoon yeah <laughs> even a quarter hour isn't it <laughs> jeez um clandestine ad break <laughs> uh so grimson denied any knowledge of dorothy's whereabouts ah oh, cause he would Typical. I just can't wait for yeah. my present. At the end he of returned time. to her family a letter she had written him in which she had lamented a magazine's rejection of a story she had submitted, concluding, All I can see ahead is a long road with no turning. Had she concealed a deep depression at the blow to her hopes for a career as a writer? One that was deep enough to make her take her own life? Still, another suggestion was that she had slipped and fallen on the icy pavement and suffered amnesia. Oh, I like this. These tales from, like, you go right through these old tales right up to, like, these um, unexplained mystery stories where people disappear. Mm -hmm. Always amnesia. Amnesia's big on this. Amnesia's massive back then. It was big sort of from the 1880s to the 1980s. It was conveniently massive. Yep. Um, it's like the satanic panic it was like the of like the 80s and 90s it was just the go-to excuse yeah and suffered amnesia Mass hysteria from a, from a concussion and had since been hospitalized but no Manhattan, Manhattan Manhattan hospital had admitted anyone assembling her assembling her <laughs> man <laughs> Jeepers. Now, now, what condition was she in was after giving, a clandestine was, week I was giving you giving you hell about this ripped to shreds but no Manhattan hospital had admitted anyone resembling her is that a is that a coincidence do we need to mark that with a clapometer that I was messing up my lines yep. and you're messing up yours so we've both got the clap too. <laughs> um, the more investigators looked into Dorothy Arnold's life, the more they found behind the facade of the refined, well-brought-up young lady. But they found no reason to suspect suicide or foul play. 
Oh, and they never found Dorothy. That's how it ends. No foul play, just a person disappearing. But the ends is like, and they never found Dorothy. No. Mm. All right. Mark that it, one, but it's close to so it's not going to work. <laughs> Anything else to add, or should we wrap her up? Mm. Wrap her up like you're present? Oh, so you're not gonna get, here we go. You're not going to get. The, it's time. But you're not going to get. So, I would wrap up the show, but just waiting to see if any uh, gifts are left to give. Yeah, uh, I'd rather not do it on air because it's quite a private present. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's okay, I can cut it out. I can Don't cut, need I can to cut do that. that out. No, I wouldn't, wouldn't want to. I mean, you, you just said before how much you loathe the editing, so let's get straight into it. Let's just yes. okay. wrap it up and. Beep, uh, it's finished. Yeah. I've just stopped the Haven't recording. Haven't said toodaloo. <laughs> you just did. I no, not, not in a cheerful goodbye way. Toodaloo. No, that's you, not Ton. <laughs> um, and on that note. We present. And on that note, thanks for stopping by this week, friends and Fano. Um, join us next week for more Tales of the Strange. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. For the presents. Toodaloo. Okay. No. Where's my present? Uh, it's not recording uh, anymore. Where's my present? You still, I can tell. I'm not recording. Oh, beep. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> when I see you mouth beep. Did you get me a present? Uh, yeah, just end this. <laughs> Uh, well, that was a good episode, guys. I mean, Tom. Tom. <laughs> guys. <laughs> good episode. Yep. Um, okay, I'm taking my cans off. To get my... <laughs> Toodaloo! <laughs>